lizards, they uh, open their legs and like slutty butterflies, they just fly from tree to tree. Um, so why are we doing this show? <clears throat> and now, Some Nobodies presents PowerPoint Showdown, where each presenter arrives unprepared and just has to do their best. Without further ado, this week's keynote speaker. Hello, and thank you for joining us for our conference this evening. Uh, tonight, you'll be hearing from four professionals discussing our topic. And tonight's topic is the advancements in transportation. I'll be your keynote speaker. My name is Zach Wiseman, and I'll be delivering our first presentation. With me, as always, is uh, co-writer and captain of the, the, the chair. I don't know why I said that. Mm -hmm. uh, Dylan Terry. We also have Mr. Michael Colby and special guest of the week, Casey of the Scene Snobs. <laughs> thank you much for having me oh thanks for being here uh we appreciate it and uh i guess on to the presentation um like i said tonight's presentation is going to be the advancements of transportation and what what i would like to bring to the table is dog sledding um peak transit is it uh of course it is if you think about it um the advancements in technology really stemmed back from horsepower which stems before that to dog power a lot of people don't know that because no one really talks about that anymore but dog power is as strong as roughly five horsepower i believe but it's important to know to get off of the peak with transit we're going to get on to the next slide just to get this going okay now consider this it's 2022 things are looking bleak there's wars everywhere Everyone just wants to really just throw their car away. And I think that's the easiest thing to do. Gas prices skyrocketing. But you know what's not skyrocketing? Dog prices. Dog prices have remained the same throughout the last 53 years. And that's pretty important when you think about how much a car costs versus how much a dog costs. Go ahead and hit next slide, please. Now, if we could just take a second to look at this data here. What you have here is woman versus male dogs now when it comes to the sled pulling capability you want to go with a female dog they have slightly wider hips they have firm pulling power and as far as peak transportation either one of these two scales it really just proves that you really can't be wrong here uh next slide please now in exhibit a things are looking pretty bleak now, in just three years' time, with the way that the gas prices are going, we're all going to be dead. That's all we see. Now, with Exhibit B, with dogs and dog prices, you can see how cool things are going to get. We all have shades. We all have snapbacks that fit our heads perfectly. And we all have chains that are made of gold or whatever it is that you're looking for. Because with peak transit and the dogs pulling technology, we're all going to be rich. Next slide, please. I think this is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it's going to be as simple as... Now, there's really no way for me to zoom in on any of this. So you really can't see the chemical compounds that make up gasoline, electricity. But if we go to the very bottom where you see just those two circles, those are dogs. It's that easy. Tiny. Not a lot of offshoots. 
Dogs don't have arms. They have legs. Next slide, please. Now, according to recent surveys, <laughs> and it really depends on the survey and obviously who's reading it. Now, you have surveys on the left, which is the horse and dog drawn people. Solid survey. Now, you look over here at the survey to the right. They need to be under some kind of overpass, uh, jamming down some pretty cool music because they're out of gas, which is what it is. Now, the, the survey on the left, he's going to get anywhere on that dog slash uh, horsepower. Next slide, please. Now, industry opinions are going to they're going to vary on all sides of the spectrum. Um, once again, I really wish we could zoom in on this so we could all see what's happening here. Uh, but you'll see that there's a. Uh, to total swipes are roughly around 45,000. Now, how many people out there have had their car swiped into or T-boned or really just keyed, if anything? Now, think about this. How many dogs have you seen keyed? Next slide, please. Now, in conclusion, when you have a car that is easily, easily about to be thrown into the garbage you can sell it for junk and get 200 dollars. depreciating values of vehicles all in all but when you think about the dog sledding and you think about the fun that these dogs are going to have while exercising being with their best friend companions heck you can even pull a house around that your dog can fit into which is way better than a gas station if i say anything um now once again in conclusion in the future roughly three years from now Things are looking very bleak. And I think it's all time we hop on the dogs. I think it's all time that we all need to start asking, who's going to let these dogs out? Who? 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 Thank you very much. I will take any questions the panel has. Oh, uh, yes, uh, Professor Thickbottom. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering... Um... The dogs, they're going yeah. to be pulling sleds, yes? From um, time to time. As that last slide showed, we can also pull the dogs. So it's a give and take. It seems to me that with, you know, global climate change, everything's getting warmer, there's going to be less snow. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about some sort of future technology that doesn't involve sleds? Uh, no, that that needs snow to move, or are we just going to be pushing around sleds on rocks and grass? No, the sled technology is going to remain consistent. I think it's at peak technology. What I think you're not thinking of is the mud technology. Uh, just a little bit of water and anything slippery. You throw water on your feet, they're slippery. You throw water on linoleum, it's slick. The water on dirt, sled right over it. Next question, please. Uh, yes, Mr. Dylan at Vorpal Words. Yes, um, I was wondering if you could speak briefly on the difficulty in having the American market adopt dog power as opposed to horsepower in similar difficulties that we've had adopting the metric system. Right. Yeah, that's very simple. And uh, thank you for asking that question. Uh, when you think back to what Henry Ford said about the car, uh, the biggest problem wasn't really where are you going to fill up the gas? It was what are we going to do with these horse turds? Right. Uh, as Americans, we've already figured out what to do with dog turds. 
So that's not really a problem if you think about it. Uh, we need to invest more into nature and into other communities, such as dog communities or canine communities, if you will. Next question, please. Yes, Casey of the Scene Snobs. Um, I appreciate the question. I'm not very good at reading lips, so I'm going to have to just guess. Sorry about that. I and didn't I'm realize I was muted. I apologize oh, completely. No, it's okay. I thought you were asking about dog clothes, but no, please, no I was just, it was very I was close. scratching my earphone. Yes. I was yeah. saying as a uh, as a cat person, mm. I was just curious exactly uh, what would happen with the disproportionate amount of dogs that would be introduced into this this wild potentially. Yeah, very good question. Uh, I am neither a dog nor a cat person, so I can't understand this question per se, uh, but I'm going to have to do the best that I can. A, cats can ride on top of dogs. That's not a problem. B, the dog sleds pull their houses. So as long as the dogs don't have cats for pets, I think they're going to be okay. And C, as far as I understand, there's no cat allergy in the dog community. Now, I'm not saying get rid of cats. If you want to hook a sled up to a cat, feel free. But with our experience, cat harnesses have not been very successful. What would the approximate cat to dog power ratio look like? Yeah, it's four, it, it's a four and a half to one uh, based on the, the, the universal that the beagle is the one dog. Mm. Now, you can have dogs like mastiffs that are roughly uh, five, five dog power, but the main dog power is the beagle. Thank you. So four and a half to one, cats to beagle. No more questions. Well, I, think I have no point, further questions. No, I think no, my no. point has been proven. Uh, and we're going to have our next presentation up, uh, which is Mr. Casey of the Scene Snobs. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, what I bring to you today in advancements of transportation is why I should be allowed to drive my car with my eyes closed. Now, I know it seems like this might be some wild advancement in technology, but I can assure you, even going back to 1903, Orville Wright had this exact same question, except not so much car as plane, but I feel like it translates and works here. So let's get going here. Next slide, please. Driving or walking? Now, as far as driving with my eyes closed goes, it's very important that people stay out of my way. So the real trouble here is other humans. So as long as they see my car coming and I have a sign on it that says that I'm driving with my eyes closed, I don't see a problem with this at all. They should be the ones paying attention as I'm in the 2000 ton vehicle that can absolutely murder them. Uh, now, as far as walking goes, nobody wants to walk. 74.5% here say no walking because that's pretty much what we're all into. I've been to several old folks' homes, and this is exactly what they've all said. They are not into walking. They're absolutely against it. Uh, carts preferred, uh, which we can all prove and to do with our eyes closed. Blind people drive carts all the time. Next slide, please. The ugly truth is that people who are sitting in back seats generally seem to be the problem. Here. There's a lot of backseat driving going on. Uh, these new uh, car automatons, we're going to have, have automation. It's going to be taking over. It's going to be the biggest and the best thing possible. It's going to be what's, it's going to be a bigger advancement, I think, than 1783 when the first hot air balloons effectively came into play, which also, interestingly enough, 1783, the first year of the parachute. So uh, I'm pretty sure we're secure. The car safety has increased. 
we're not seeing as many accidents. And the absolute truth is that people are the problem. Pedestrians are the problem. What we need to do is get people off of the streets with maybe more bridges above or below streets. But as of right now, I think that's the, the direction we need to go is get people out of the way of the cars so that we can all drive blindfolded and with our eyes closed. Next slide, please. Now, there's some troubling statistics here. A lot of people are worried about the number of accidents going up. And the simple fact is, it's just not going to happen. All right. There are too many guardrails. If we set up the large cement blockades and ways of blocking ourselves in, you can just ping back and forth right down the roadway. It's not going to be a problem at all. You're not going to have the mass casualties that we're used to and major accidents with people who have their eyes open, by the way. Let's let's just not forget about that. OK, I think there's two parts to that argument that's skipped over often. Next slide, please. For your consideration, we have the tooth car. Now, the tooth car has a fantastic way of taking care of that pedestrian problem. You no longer do you have to worry about damaging your beautiful vehicle or doing incredible amounts of work and then having being off the road potentially for days at a time, which is just tough to do. We work for a living. Am I right? So I've thought of the teeth car, something that can devour the pedestrian in a gentle way on a soft tongue, laying them down and then propelling them out upon breaking. So this is uh, hopefully something that we're looking into and potentially Ford, I believe, currently has that contract. Next slide, please. Now, the expert opinion, and we're going to look at three major points here, as most people do, uh, us intelligent folk anyway. We like to use our imagination, follow it with some information, and then remember that it's obliteration, obliterating our original ideals, taking that information and obliterating it. Because who needs it? Am I right? I mean, it's not as useful as we ever thought it was. Nobody else really uses it. And then we have to work with our imagination, obliterating any idea that we've ever had of the normalcy that we once lived in. Because it doesn't exist anymore, folks. Cars drive themselves anymore. It doesn't even matter. You've got a, a box from 1989. Pretty sure it'll drive by itself. Just stay on the gas. Next slide, please. Now, the opposition. There's a lot of uh, people who are against us. Right now, a lot of people who are speaking out in a negative forum, and I don't want to sit here and name names. That's not my responsibility. That's not something I'm going to do. It would be rude to do. I will not say them out loud. Uh, but I think it is important that we see who the opposition is so we're aware of our enemy, that we know that these are the eye-open folk. And uh, I think they need to know that their time's over. Am I right? All right. Next slide, please. Now, here's a really exciting thing that people don't think about. It is, in fact, what we're able to do with our eyes closed. So in conclusion, I'd like to bring to everyone's fact, I, to, to your point of view, the idea of flying in your vehicle. Now, look, it may only happen one time, but there is nothing more riveting or exciting than just launching off, not knowing where you're going to go right off into the unknown. It's like being 18 again and just getting free of your parents. It's wildly exciting. Or when you were 24 and got out of prison and finally were able to go live your life. It's very interesting and a fantastic time awaiting for us all. So I really hope you'll uh, consider my ideas for the future advancements in transportation. Thank you. Take questions, please, now. Uh, yes, Mr. Zach. You mentioned uh, the year 1503 as when the hot air balloon slash the parachute was invented. Oh, which... I... that was 1783. I apologize. I just want to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're incorrect. But let's just say 1753, uh, which is also known to have the least amount of auto accidents. Now, why is it you haven't spent this amount of time working on the hot air balloon technology? 
Now, that's a fascinating question. Unfortunately, it's because we haven't been able to figure out air roads yet. Now, we're, uh, we've got some top minds really putting that together. But the idea of trying to lay tar almost upside down in a, a non, you know, nothing really to attach to it. We're, we're working on that. We've got some brilliant minds in Sweden. They're, they're right on it. So thank you for that. Uh, yes, Professor Thickbottom. Uh, yeah, you mentioned in the very beginning uh, the size of your vehicle. Yes. Um, uh, a normal car weighs about four tons. Yes. You said that you were driving around a 2,000 ton vehicle. Yes. Does that make driving with your eyes closed easier or harder? It oh, feels like with a with a vehicle of that size, you would need some serious concrete concrete borders to stop that thing from from going off the road. Here's the really interesting part about that is it's actually because of its insulation and security. So I'm able to uh, pretty much go through anything without any problems whatsoever. I feel nothing. Those, those pedestrians just ping right off me and uh, I don't have to worry if I you know do fly through the air after I've had that happen a few times. And after the fourth surgery, I decided, you know what? I think the car's the problem. So uh, that's that's how that came about. Uh, yes, Dylan. Uh, yes. Have you given any consideration to driving with only one eye closed as opposed to both of them? I've contemplated that. The problem is it eventually makes it sore. So the mm -hmm. other half of my brain starts to hurt. It waters uncomfortably. And it's really just not worth it because your depth perception is shot. And if you don't have your depth perception, <laughs> what are we trying for? Am I right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. No further questions for me. Uh, yes, Professor Thickbottom. I just have one more question. Um, and it's about the tooth car. Yes, the tooth um, car. you said that the tooth car hits the pedestrians and then excretes them. Yeah, like there, expels them forward. Is, is there is digestion forward. involved with this, or does it it does it eject them whole? Fantastic question. We originally had the concept of what we call the constipation machine. Uh, it was more of a van style one where it actually would take them in and and keep them locked in. Uh, that way we could ensure the security of the road. Uh, unfortunately, there were some legal troubles. And, uh, you know, we, we pitched it to Nissan. They were against it. They told us, you know, Geneva Convention or some such. So laws, am I right, guys? So, you know, we just moved past that and we wound up with the tooth car. That way, you know, it sticks with mainly the, the first part of the digestive tract. Thank you. Okay. Zach. Actually, uh, Professor Thickbottom asked the exact question I was going to ask. So, uh, like mines, <laughs> am I right? Hey. <laughs> This beards. They're, it, the minds are in our beards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and powerful beards they are. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. okay, no further like, questions from me. Yeah, I guess me, with thank uh, you. no more questions, thank you very much, Casey of the Scene Snobs. We're going to get on to our next presentation, which I believe is Mr. Dylan Terry of Vorpal so. Words. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so <laughs> let's um, get this going. Thank you. Uh, of course, my name is Dylan, and today at Advancements of Transportation, I will be speaking, of course, on the sciences of automobiles, uh, the DNA of traveling. Uh, now, of course, as I refuse to stop mentioning, I grew up in Northwest Ohio, the Rust Belt, and of course, a lot of that rust was flaked off of the trains which crisped and crossed as they carried freight to and fro from Detroit to the rest of the wasteland known as the Midwest. And of course, growing up in that, it's very important for us to know the science of automobiles as they cross our paths often. And it's better to understand them than to come across a foreign foe that you don't know about. Let's begin. Next slide, please. 
Uh, yes. So, of course, Northwest Ohio is relatively dry of culture, uh, but through the power of song and cinema, we are able to further understand our automated friends and foes. Uh, we start, of course, Monday. I don't care about you. Friday, Chris Tucker. Next Friday, not Chris Tucker. Friday after next, maybe not real. And, of course, Sunday Driver. Now, we're hitting on a lot of topics here, and I don't have too much time, so I am just going to go through in a rough summation of these points. But, of course, Monday, uh, the trains leave the station. They do not care about you or your schedule. Monday morning, the train is gone. If you are there at 10.05, it is gone. 10.01, gone. 10.07, it's gone. Monday, I do not care about you. Friday, Chris Tucker. Now, of course, in Ohio, the culture is such that we had to seek out the entertainment we could. Often stand-up comedian specials host on various networks. So Fridays, usually Chris Tucker night. However, we also like to plan in advance, and because the trains run on a schedule, we often schedule things out, and because Chris Tucker can become tiresome after some time, next Friday was not Chris Tucker. Uh, and, of course, philosophical debates, the conversations you have with train cars with strangers as you sip your chamomile tea, Potentially next Friday may not be real. We may be living in a simulation, which of course is a topic for a different presentation. And Sunday, the driver? As the schedule is important, but not all encompassing, it is usually the end of the weekend where each train station would determine the driver of each train. And of course, Monday, 10 o'clock, I don't care about you, I'm leaving the station. Next slide, please. But of course, when it comes to transportation, you be the judge. Now, train maps are often difficult to decipher. I understand the metro map is something to puzzle over for some time. Who knows? You might miss your train. Monday morning, 10.05, don't care about you. It's gone. Uh, these transit maps, of course, are stylized representations of metro areas, and they have the different lines demarcated in different colors. Ohio, of course, bears roughly four train lines, and they go in about circular patterns with the occasional crisscross. Of course, they are labeled the car and the bus lines, which interestingly enough has nothing to do with transportation, but are named after the two individuals who invented the train. Uh, and on year one, of course, you know, your train moves. Year two, tracks stay the same. Think about train tracks, they don't change. So up to year 40, rhino, horse, transportation, advancements, doesn't matter. The lines stay the same, reliable. 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, Trains out of the station. Next slide, please. Of course, uh, transportation stocks. They go up. Stonks? Never heard of the stonk market. They're going down. And of course, Ohio is very big in grain and feed. And of course, that feed is there for dairy cows. Uh, going up, trains go to Wisconsin, land of cheese curds. Who runs Wisconsin? Big Daddy. Big Daddy Cheese. It's got his grip on that state. Ohio, not so much. Stocks go up in Ohio. Stonks, they're the trunk we build our base on. Next slide, please. And then there is TH. Uh, of course, TH is the uh, elemental sign for throntium, which is the uh, main element which goes into the construction of train engines. But they don't want you to think about this. Manufacture of trains is not what we're here for. The science of uh, advancements of transportation is often invisible to the naked eye but we do talk about autos series one series two series three doesn't matter 
transportation moves on. You got planes, you got trains, you got pillow rides, you got the Dodge Neon. Fantastic, reliable, small car, sedan, I believe. Uh, but we're not here to talk about sedans. We're here to talk about trains. Uh, and I believe that train's left the station. Let's go to the next slide, please. Now, there are a number of reliable shapes on which to build your architecture. And I'm getting very nitty gritty here. I'm getting very down to the basics. I'm getting down to geometry and architecture. And that basic shape, you see it in nature all the time. You see it in the hexagon that beehives are made out of is the triangle. Why is that? Because a square goes like that. Triangle, you ain't moving that. If the triangle is upside down, I mean, you know, it bears the structural integrity of its shape but it does have the issue of balance. You put the larger numbers on the bottom, you put the higher numbers on the top. If you flip it around, you're looking at chaos. Train's not leaving the station at 10 a.m., it's leaving the station at 11.07. Awful. Can't get the steel to the cheese on time. Let's go to the next slide. I must admit to a certain level of uh, self-promotion here. Of course, as a sponsor of this week's presentation and conference on the advancement of transportation, we are offering ad space on PowerPoint Showdown. And if you want to get your ad in one of these slides, you can call one.pow.erp.oint and ask for Dylan. That's me. Uh, little known fact, my side hustle is podcast advertisements. Call me. Put your ad on shows. I don't care. I'll advertise for anything. Screw it. What, your amoral like manufacturing process? Yeah. Cheese, Big Daddy, you want your stunks to go up? You call call me. Yes. One dot pow dot erp dot oint. Ask for Dylan. Let's go to the next slide, please. I apologize for getting heated on the previous slide, but in conclusion, look out your window. See that little cute little rodent out there? Yeah, it's there. You can't see it. Little squirrel. Doesn't look like that. We um Unfortunately, our sponsorship money has dried up, so we were unable to afford the licensing for a picture of an actual squirrel. So, of course, you're seeing my hand here modeling our newest uh, rubber armatures, which imitate the features of a tree-born Midwestern rodent. But I think I've made my point across this conversation. You have your transportation, trains, rails, cars, pillow dogs, pillow dogs, rides, Dodge Neon, in conclusion. Invest in transportation, your stocks will go up, your stocks will stay low, your train will leave the station by 10 a.m. Thank you. I believe that wraps up my presentation. I'll take questions from the panel now. It's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, yes, Mr. Zach. Uh, beautiful presentation. It seemed like the beginning was about possibly trains, and then it ended with what seemed to be a desperate plea for money. Uh, how is this working on the advancements of technology? Well, of course, uh, transportation relies on technology and money makes advancements go. Uh, now, as a young man in Northwest Ohio, when I was growing up there, of course, we had our minor tech industries, but in a land as flat and desolate as that place, um, it is important to focus on what's moving. You look out, the breeze moves the grain or soybeans, or corn, whatever you wish. And then in the distance, you hear that train honk. Mm. And you hear those cars roll down, the, roll down the street. And you're like, all right. Perhaps there is money out there. If someone can build a car, if someone can afford to drive that train, perhaps all you have to do is sell some more advertisements. Your stocks will go up. All right, next question. Uh, yes, Casey of the Scene Snobs. 
Uh, yes, I'm uh, curious. Thank you for that wonderful presentation. Of course. Uh, you have come out and spoken against Big Daddy now and put yourself on the radar. Do you feel comfortable with yourself and your position right now? Are you are you all right? Well, as I may not have mentioned growing up in rural Ohio, Big Daddy was a constant threat and we had to maintain our silence lest he hear us moving through the corn. Um, I believe that for most of us, those of us who wish to take action in this world and implement real effective change, and that is whether it's the science of automobiles or the science of transportation or the advancements of te technology, eventually you will come into conflict with Big Daddy and his enforcers. And while he does maintain his citadel in Wisconsin, occasionally his enforcers do reach distant lands. And with that transportation, with the advancements that we can make together, and of course, I don't wish to group all of you within the gaze of Big Daddy's ire, but if we work together to advance transportation to the point where most of us can move together, we may just be able to outrun his ever-increasing grasp. That's fantastic. And you don't have to worry about that with your eyes closed. So, Of course. <laughs> Dang. Uh, further questions, yes. Uh, yes, Professor Thickbottom. Is it Thickbottom or Thichbottom? It's it's Thickbottom. Yes. Okay, Professor yes. Thickbottom, please. Thank you for asking, though. Of course. Um, now, I have one very quick question. Um, and then and then something a little bit more in depth. Uh, my mm -hmm. first question is, um, Friday, are you in love with Chris Tucker or are we just thinking about Chris Tucker? It's a quick question, but a very long answer. And I will do my best to answer it promptly. Um, Chris Tucker does not return my phone calls. And I find it difficult to be in love with someone who does not requit that love. So I would have to say that there is further study required. And Chris, if you are listening, please um, reach out. I am just worried about your safety from Big Daddy. Okay. Um, and then you talked about thorontium mining. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, uh, thorontium mining is one of the leading factors to um, global climate change. Um, it's just ruining our environment. Um, is this in direct competition with Zach's um, dog sleds? Is this on purpose? Are you ruining our country just to get back at your competition? Well, first, I resent the implication that this is due to the actions of one other. I act, as always, in my own self-interest and many times against the interests of Big Daddy. But growing up in Ohio, of course, we had plenty of Throntium mines. And... It was interesting to watch the climate shift around us as that m mineral was pulled from the ground by our own stubby, ragged fingers. Um, thorontium itself poses no issue to the climate, but the advancement of mobility and the advancement of technology, which removes it from the ground, is paramount to prevent the ever-shifting climate collapse, which threatens Zach's 4.1 cats of dogs. And you do know that eventually, if you do take out all of the thorontium, the planet is going to collapse in on itself. It it already happened. It happened on Krypton. It's the same thing. Well, I would say that Krypton and Earth are very different, and we have different manufacturing capabilities. Uh, of course, we are working in a separate sector of our organization on renewable thorontium mining, uh, but that is a topic for a different conversation. Any further questions from the panel? Uh, I, back. Now, Mondays are very important to me and to the dogs. 
and it seems like you gave very little thought nay negative thought to mondays and it also seemed like there's only one train mondays at 10 a.m now i have to be at work at 8 a.m how is this train technology going to work if there's only one on mondays well first off it's a very long train uh second off i believe i dedicated plenty of time to mondays i spoke on monday uh the train's leaving on time. I spoke on Monday about Chris Tucker. I, mm. I can speak on Monday all you like. The fact of the matter is that what I speak about on Monday will not prevent the ever-growing reach of Big Daddy's Cheese Mines. And ideally, with the Ohio-length train, we will be able to form a barrier which prevents his minions from entering the state. Well, I mean, perfectly said. Thank you. Brilliant. Any further questions from the panel? Uh, just yes, I, I believe I have one more one time for one more from Casey at the scenes. Not I do appreciate it. Just a brief of one. Course. I did notice you uh, posted that picture of Judge Reinhold. I was curious. Mm -hmm. Does he tie in as a is he a fan of trains or of them leaving on time or more of the fan of Ohio and its train structure that you had with the two car bus that were going? Uh, well, in my small town in Midwest Ohio, of course, Judge Reinhold was a very regular figure. Um, he was an honorary judge actually in our town court. Uh, notably our town had a very, very high incarceration rate for even very minor offenses. And I believe that figures of import simply help sell an idea. That's and if you, if, if you can get behind judge Reinhold and he's behind your idea, transitive property, you're behind that idea. Do you think it's still him or is it Fred Savage from vice versa and they never switch back? Uh, the studies are inconclusive thus far, but we are awaiting further funding from the federal government. I appreciate it. Thank you of course, for your time. Of course. And Excellent. I relinquish the stage. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Dylan Terry. And our final presentation of this evening is going to be from uh, Professor Thickbottom himself. Now let's uh, get to Mr. Thickbottom and his opening words. Now... I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of a, uh, a, a thing we're running here. Uh, the keynote speaker normally goes last, um, also gets paid the most. Um, I would, I would appreciate if I would get a little raise, but we'll talk about that afterwards. Now, everything that you guys have talked about so far during this, just frankly, terrible presentations all day long. Um, you were talking about things that are horrible for the economy, the economy, the uh, just the earth in general. So today we're going to talk about donkey rides. Um, it's a sexy way to mule around. Uh, I would say the sexiest. I don't think there's any animal sexier than a donkey. So here we go we're going to talk about saving the earth and being just the sexiest that we can be next slide please are we going to borrow resources from the planet to fuel our immediate need to get around now or are we going to cultivate relationships with our burrows uh now all the burrow needs to keep itself going. Not a lot of people know this. All they need to live is kisses. They don't need gas. And 
The other thing that people don't know about donkeys is that they are just as fast as cars. Also much safer, because if you get into an accident with another donkey going 60 miles an hour, you're going to be fine. There is no 60 mile an hour donkey deaths on record anywhere ever. Next slide, please. I don't want to spend too much time on the furry fury. The furries are more than able to ride donkeys. Nobody knows how to ride a, a donkey better than a furry. Um, they're going to take the highways. They're going to take the mountains. They're going to take the highway mountains, which we call uh, paths. Um, these all work together to get us around to exactly where we need to go. Not taking anything out of the earth. We're not using any throntium. We don't, we don't, we're not, we're not required to have a slippery surface to drive a sled around. And we're not doing whatever it is that Casey was talking about. I wasn't paying attention. Um, so I'm going to ask for the next slide, please. If you're driving your car and you're trying to eat an entire pizza, look, I'm not casting aspersions. I'm not having judgments. Everybody eats a full pizza every once in a while. You want that stuffed crust. You want the pepperoni. You want the mozzarella. You want the gravy. Sometimes you're talking about tomato sauce as gravy. Sometimes I put regular brown gravy on my pizza. It's delicious, but it's very hard to eat an entire pizza while you're driving a car, while you're driving a train, while you're riding on a dog sled. Have you ever tried eating an entire pizza while you're sitting on the back of a donkey? You can just put a board on your lap and there's your plate. I mean, the donkey's legs are like the best shock system in the world. You can barely feel yourself moving. It just feels like you're floating through the air and you can just enjoy that pizza. Uh, next slide, please. We're going to get down to the bone zone. In, in January of 2002, the bones were all but all but non-existent we barely had any bones january of 2002 is also when donkeys were invented now the donkeys added bones to the human body and this is not i'm not i see your faces this is science it's proven science i have i have look i will cite my sources all the YouTube videos that I have that say that there were no bones before donkeys in 2002. Um, so as you can see in, as you can see, I, I'm not going to look, this is obviously I'm looking at your faces and I can tell that you don't understand this. I'm going to need to give you full presentations. I have 10 minutes today. I can absolutely not explain 
the bone to donkey ratio in that amount of time. So um, as I always do, I'm going to put my sources. There's books written on this. There's YouTube videos. There are peer-reviewed papers about bones and donkeys, and we'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll put all of my sources in the link in the show notes to this show, and um, you can do your own research. That's all I'm saying. Do your own research. Next slide, please. The donkeys, the, pro, the only problem with using donkeys for your transportation is you can not have children around donkeys because children are brought up thinking that all donkeys are full of candy. So if you get a kid under the age of seven years old near a donkey, they're going to hit that donkey with a stick until the candy comes out. Now, they're correct. There is candy inside of a donkey. But you don't want to hit the donkey with the stick to get the candy out. What you want to do is you want to ask it nicely for a piece of candy. It will stick its tongue out and there will be a piece of candy on its tongue. You just have to pick it up. Not only are the donkeys fueled by kisses but they can also fuel you with candy and all you have to do is ask it nicely and give it a little kiss on its forehead if you have no children around the donkeys as you can see perfectly healthy donkey these are these are what donkeys look like by the way in case you've never seen one uh i'm gonna ask for the next slide please before i go to the next slide not before i die i am going to die soon but that has nothing to do with this before i leave this mortal coil and go on to the next i would like to see if there was one thing that i agreed with out of zach's slide presentations is that we should throw all cars into dumpsters um so but instead of doing whatever it was that Zach was talking about, I'm going to recommend that we use donkeys instead of the cars or the trains or the dogs or whatever it was that Casey was talking about. I wasn't paying attention. Um, I'm going to ask you for the next slide um, because I'm really, I'm really, really going to die very soon. So I want to get at least this presentation over before that happens. So in conclusion, I say we put all dogs in dumb costumes and throw them into the ocean. We don't need dogs anymore. All we need are donkeys. Uh, let's just replace the lobsters with donkeys. We'll replace dogs with donkeys. The cats can stay, but we'll replace, you know, monkeys with donkeys. We'll replace gorillas with donkeys. Let's just get these donkeys out here. They're literally a free source of candy and all they need are kisses. Also, when you're sitting on top of a donkey, you will never look sexier. That's my presentation for today. I am going to take questions, but I, I'm going to remind you, um, I'm going to need to take these questions very quickly because I have minutes to live.
uh, Mr. Zach. Thank you for the beautiful presentation. And I'm going to try to take as long as possible because I would like to witness your death. But until then, it seemed like your presentation was specifically geared against mine while also being pro tongue kissing donkeys for free candy while looking sexy on the back of them even though apparently the science has started in 2002 what what happened in 2002 to have this great donkey spring i'm going to remind you i was talking about gentle forehead kisses for the donkey and the and asking the donkey to stick out its tongue i never said anything about tongue kissing a donkey i'm pretty sure you said i had to grab the candy off of the donkey's tongue with my own mouth no uh, but head. that's not the that's not the question in 2002 hmm. the scientists were trying to breed a better dog for hmm. the dog sleds what they succeeded in doing was creating the donkeys which did in fact put the bones in the humans um again you're gonna have to do your own research on that i can't tell you you i can't be expected to give you your entire education i want you to do your own research make up your own mind don't listen to the mainstream media they're just lying to you all the time what you want to do is you want to find out that donkeys were invented in 2002 that's when the human bones happened donkeys run on kisses it's it's basic basic science the reason that i know that it's basic science is because i understand it and if i can't understand something that means that it's not real now i do have a follow-up but i'll let someone else go um i'm mr dylan I have a follow-up to Zach's question. Are you concerned about the hygiene whatsoever transmitting candy ass to mouth? The, I don't understand where ass candy is coming from. The mouth comes... The it's a colloquial comes... term for a donkey. Mm -hmm. Oh, the ass to mouth, I understand. It's fine. Donkeys' mouths are cleaner than humans. Of course. So if it and the candy is also wrapped when it comes out. So um, there's two layers of protection to the actual food that you'll be putting in your actual mouth. Hmm. Very good, uh, Mr. Casey. Oh, it's good to know those are double wrapped. That's important. So when we went from a boneless society to suddenly just throngs of bones in O2, were there any adverse effects? And do we anticipate introducing more mules, asses, or uh, whatever they may be referred to in your country? Uh, by adding more, are we going to get more bones? Will we have an overabundance of bones? Will, we, will humans grow more bones, perhaps wings? Um, humans won't need wings because we have the donkeys to, to get us around. Um, the donkeys the donkeys want us on their backs riding around on them. That's, that's what they like. Um, now, in 2002, I do believe that you were alive. Um, and I don't know about you, but I do remember getting the bones. And for about three months, it was just constant agony and everyone was screaming all the time. You may remember those three months in 2002 where everyone was screaming. 
I think um, I wiped it from my memory. Yeah, just the see, pure agony is gone. It was a traumatic event for everyone. Uh, but that was when we got our bones. Um, before that, we were just fluid-filled sacks that moved around um, pretty much with the vibrations of the earth. Fair enough, fair enough. And there is absolutely uh, no tongue kissing, right? That's not a thing. No, you, well, you don't need to tongue kiss. It, but if would it add to... like an octane level? It, it doesn't add anything except to your pleasure and the donkey's pleasure. Okay. All right. Thank you for your time. Uh, yes, Mr. Zach. Uh, my final question. Now, yeah. it seemed that you were spending a lot of time with swapping all animals on the planet with the donkeys, including... I'm assuming drowning all the dogs in the ocean after dressing them up. That is correct. Hey, I am a little concerned about the cost per donkey. Uh, when I tried to research cheap donkey rides, I was sent to some very wild websites. And it seems like dogs are everywhere. And I don't think I've ever seen a donkey in real life. And I've been to Walmart three times. Uh, a, can you please tell us where to get a donkey? And B, how are you going to overcome this economic uh, tsunami that is the donkey replacement. The donkeys aren't going to cost anything to the, the reason that you haven't seen a donkey and you've seen a lot of dogs mm. is because donkeys need a certain amount of space in between them and any other animals. So the more we remove the other animals, the more donkeys there will be. The donkeys reproduce by splitting and then a new donkey grows so out of one donkey in your area once you get rid of all of the other animals they'll start splitting apart and you'll be overrun by donkeys which is fine because again the donkeys don't need anything except gentle forehead kisses to live and they are a they are a means of producing free um unlimited candy to humans Hmm. Okay, uh, Dylan. I believe I have time for one more question. I have I have one final one. Uh, now, early on in your con in your presentation, you mentioned casting aspersions. Now, are you a witch, and do I need to go check my milk for curdling? No further questions. Thank you for um, attending this presentation Excellent. today. Hopefully, hopefully we can. Um, solve this country and the entire world's uh transportation problems excellent excellent uh thank you very much mr uh thick bottom for your uh lackluster presentation we really appreciate it um i want to throw a quick shout out and thank you to all of our panelists as always now before we get into some quick goodbyes as always we're all going to judge on who has the best presentation to make sure that we know where the advancements of transportation are going to go in the future so on the count of three if i can ask everyone uh i'm going to do one two three and as soon as I say three, please hold up a hand that has a number that is equivalent to the presentation. I'm number one, Casey's number two, Dylan's number three, and Thick Bottom is number four. We're going to see who's going to win this uh, prestigious $50,000 grant to the Some Nobody's School of Public Transportation. And in three, two, one. Okay. <laughs> Dylan voted for himself, and he is winner as always. I must uh, say, uh, my background in academia has led me to believe that everyone will indeed vote for their own presentation. 
I didn't, and no one else did except for you, but great job, Dylan. Uh, I will send over that uh, Groupon voucher for a $50,000 grant so you can learn all about public transportation and why donkeys are incorrect. Uh, Dylan, since you won, please go ahead and say uh, any goodbyes or hellos that you want. Uh, Yes, so I am Dylan of Some Nobodies, uh, now prestigious Some Nobodies University. Uh, you can find all of my stuff. We could do uh, Twitch and Upstream. Zach here is, uh, of course, my partner in crime for this sort of thing. Uh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, there, yeah, I like it when you do that. Anyway, Twitch and Upstream Tuesdays, we uh, we do idea development. We do writing talk. We do that sort of thing. We've got a few different other real uh, series out there. Silicon Angels, Sci-Fi Improv podcast 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 show where we talk about podcasts uh cyop appeal choose your own adventure style storyline and uh this one yeah cool that's all i got <laughs> no that's great uh yeah oh and my uh, mr i'm on i'm on everything at vorpal words follow me on stuff yeah i agree follow him on stuff uh professor thickbottom please go ahead hi um i'm michael colby from uh, Jack Billings presents Haunted Apartment Complex on the Podmoth Network. Uh, we are a scripted, weird podcast about a haunted apartment complex. Um, 2022 uh, Scene Snob Snobby Award winning comedy podcast, uh, Jack Billings presents Haunted Apartment Complex. Um, I'm also on... I'm also on... Uh, generation clash which is a music podcast where me and my kid talk about music and i love this terrible game a video game show where we talk about video games um yeah but and follow me on twitter at my neighbor m-i-c-h-1 Thank you, thank you, thank you. And a very, very special thank you to Mr. Casey, the scene snobs, who took a little bit of time out of his shift at the Wendy's to hang out in the break room and do this presentation with us. Uh, Casey, you want to throw any shout outs out there? Where can people listen to your beautiful voice? Well, I just want to thank you so much for that, Zach. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was a fantastic experience. Really glad to be able to stretch the old improv brain. Haven't done that in a while. Uh, you all can find me. I'm Casey Plot of The Scene Snobs. I uh, am the lesser half of my wonderful friend, Mick Manhattan. We do a live show every Tuesday night. You can find us on YouTube, thescenesnobs.com, where you can link to any of our places where you can find us as a podcast later if you can't listen to us on Tuesdays. So check us out. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And you can follow me uh, on Twitter at, at Twedi Knight. Nice, nice, nice. Please go check out all that. Uh, Casey is a very, very funny man. Funnier than three of the four people that are on here right now. Um, now, <laughs> uh, until next time, folks, Dylan, because you won, you get to tell us what the next presentation is going to be for next panelist. Oh, yes. Uh, well, as we did advancements in automobiles and transportation or something, they were very inconsistent with the letterhead they sent out. Uh, we are going to do our next one on famous dental hygienists. Okay, excellent. So next week, you're going to see us uh, talking about famous dental hygienists. And uh, my name is Zach Wiseman. You can see or listen to me anywhere that Dylan said. And until next time, we're just going to go ahead and uh, we need a cool like ending like i'm gonna powerpoint you to a better future sure to, a, to an easier <laughs> tomorrow just finish with the next slide next slide please thank you for watching powerpoint showdown 
Today's winner will receive a $50,000 grant courtesy of Some Nobody's Patreon. Congratulations on your win! Join us next week for another showdown! Thanks for providing that big, 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 big prize, guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>